God. What did I just... What in the oh, actual... The, bu- the birds? I, the I can't birds? believe this. What the fuck? Fucking why disgusting. didn't I pay for this? Look how dirty those feet are! Holy fucking shit. I can't even describe what we just... Well, well, well. If it isn't the con- the, the consequences of, of human... Human sentience... Sure. ...culminated in a film. I think this is a consequence of the downtown spook boys, to be honest. No, it's the bird! <laughs> Birdemic! No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh God damn it. Okay. Um. Questions for you. Uh, I asked you this last week, Devin, but or two weeks ago, but we're kind of on that train. You know the bird, Lucas. I know. One second. Our dog is scratching the carpet. Caesar. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Good lord. No, don't start again. <laughs> He's Please? doing important work. I know. He's nesting on a carpet that doesn't budge. Um, I asked you this two weeks ago, Devin, and it kind of fits into this, and you already mentioned birds. Lucas, are you a fan of birds? I love birds, yeah. I'm a huge bird guy. I have a rubber duck collection. That's mm-hmm. sort of, they're sort of in the aviary sort of lane. Yeah, I love birds. You call yourself an ornithologist? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> um, Devin, you hate birds. Fucking hate them. You hate them boxes. Now- either of you guys are you a fan of pandemics yeah um i like how they can be used to manipulate the population you know like yeah i like i like the the deaths and just overall sadness they cause (laughs) i my favorite part of pandemics is refrigeration trucks being used for dead bodies it's like food trucks but like not at all you know Bring out your dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a door-to-door service. It's like a library drop box. Yeah. You know, you just kind of... Drop them in. Yeah. Okay, so we've got birds and we've got pandemics. If you answered yes to either of those questions, you've come to the right place. This is the good, the bad, and the boovies. Continuing spooktacular with our least scary film. <laughs> Today, act, it was scary how bad it was. Yeah. Um, we watched Birdemic colon Shock and Terror. Wait, that's actually the name? That's the full oh, name. I thought it was just Birdemic. Nope. This is Birdemic! Which also, that movie, that song, the thing I was looking most forward to, forward to the most, and it wasn't even in the film. Yeah, but you got just hanging yeah. out by Damien Carter instead. Which will arrival we- <laughs> the heavy metal Birdemic trailer song. <laughs> yeah, so we watched um, Birdemic. Um, as usual, I'm Brandon, sitting not next to me, but across the couch from me, my co-host Devin. Hi. Uh, hi. Yeah. And in the middle, sandwiched between these two hunks like a... Between the downtown spook boys. 
is uh, Luke. Luke. Yeah. <laughs> a returning guest, if you might, if you've of the forty-eight listeners of Liar Liar Vampire, second most or third most listens behind Cat in the Hat and Hot Rod, it's Lucas Lorenz again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> In the flesh, two timer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's all he's gonna say. Just in different voice, different characters. I was trying to trying to do David Putty from Seinfeld, but I was to do was... it again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was feeling more like UFC boxer getting interviewed. <laughs> that well, I, that is one of my life goals. So I know Slater Beal. I know Sl- him. and Wing Pang and Wing Pang. Okay, let's let's talk about this. Mo- I honestly, I don't know if we can really talk about this. This is why we mentioned the movie in Freddy vs. Jason at the end because you do need to watch this movie. To grasp anything we're about to say. Yeah, we words cannot convey the magnitude of disappointment. <laughs> I had a blast. I, well, okay. The, the Alcohol mag- was involved in that as well, but yeah. the guys were drinking again, and more than we usually do. Specifically Devin. Y- yes. <laughs> more than, well, the same amount that we used to, but more than... We are. But you drank what we used to over a three-hour period before the movie started. Yes. <laughs> Good times abound. I still think you need to finish your three-fourths of one by the end of this podcast. To, just challenge? to keep your level going. No, I'm not asking you to shotgun a beer again or anything. Shotgun? I will shotgun this glass bottle. <laughs> it's the <laughs> Devin's <laughs> spooktacular challenge. <laughs> to shotgun a glass bottle. Um, yeah, so we're drinking... Bayern Brewing here in Missoula yet again, trying to go local. You know, support the local businesses. Yes. Support green. Especially you'll here learn. in Missoula where we have like 4,000 fucking breweries. And four huge major ones that pump out shit all the time. But Bayern Brewing, one of them, we are drinking um, their Oktoberfest lager because <clears throat> October. Um, I was trying to find something bird themed again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, tried to find something bird theme again. Couldn't because Ditch Parrot was the only thing. Tried to find because of shock and terror shock tops. Couldn't find shock tops. What are shock tops? In the in the one place you looked <laughs> in, in Albertsons, yeah, yeah. Shock tops are kind of like uh, they're orange. They have a crazy looking guy on. The... It's like a oh, sun yeah. with a face. And yeah, they're like almost like a tea, but almost like a lemonade, and almost like an Palma. <laughs> And, oh, and alcohol. The post office. <laughs> the post office. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're drinking that. Pretty. It was darker than I thought. I'd never had this one before. Darker. But it's really good. It's got almost like a good malt to it. It's very dark. It's very good. I think the darkest we've drank on this podcast. Fat tire might be darker. Um. <clears throat> yes. And I drank cold smokes and billings when you weren't drinking with Seth for Wicker Man, which were darker. Okay. So. But yeah, that's what we're drinking. Had a, had a fun time with it. And Birdemic, Shock and Terror, released in 2010. This the film has year. just reached double oh, yeah. digits. I thought it was like 2001. <laughs> 2010 <laughs> was really like the renaissance for films. Uh-huh. I mean, any whatever year this was published in. Groundbreaking, yeah. This was what set off yeah. the groundbreaking work. Yeah, yeah. It delivered us from, from the dark ages. Um... With this movie, director today, James Nguyen. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. No. 
It's just Win, I think. It's just Win. Yeah. Not Win. Yeah. Remember the Grizzlies had Peter Win and John Win on the football team. I thought it was pronounced Win. It's like it's it's Win. No. But with a n- like a schwa at the beginning they're trying to trick you mm. did you know that like 40 percent of all vietnamese people have the last name win well then it's got to be just win yeah all right it's just james win then i think it's Naguyan. it's i promise you it's not Naguyan. hamas well, you would hamas Naguyan. hamas Naguyan. james win um you obviously will know him from films such as julie and jack replica and then Birdemic 2, The Resurrection. Yeah, I, I learned on the drive over that there was a second one. And uh, and Birdemic 3. Oh, there's a third sea one. Sea Eagle in production right now. Supposed to be released in 2020 fucking 2. Sea Eagle. Sea Eagle or Sea Eagle. Sea Eagle. You know, this movie was all about eagles attacking, but they all sounded like seagulls. Yeah, well, they had. They also sounded at times like airplanes bombing, <laughs> as well as your standard eagle screeching in mass, and almost like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, it just sounded like a lot. Or of Or just things. like when you get like slapped really hard on the ear and your ear rings. Yeah, that like too. That. Ah, what is that? Um, okay, so our writer today is James Wynn. Oh, what's James Wynn done? Um, Julie and Jack. Okay. Replica. Birdemic 2, The Resurrection, oh. and even Birdemic 3, Seagull. Oh, it sounds like Seagull. Yeah. Kinda. <laughs> yeah, if you say it real quick. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, And ironically, that's what all the birds sounded like in this film. Except some of them sounded like airplanes. And, and they're all voiced by Jason Seagull. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> um, so yeah, he writes all the movies he directs. He can't find a writer or director for his films. That or... His creative vision demands that or he writes. Or a cast, yeah. Um, our cast here, lead actor for Rod, Alan Bagg. Well-renowned. Um, lead actress for Nathalie, <laughs> Whitney Moore. Whitney Moore. I actually thought Whitney Moore was was a pretty good actress, all, all things considered. She, she's the best of the crew. Oh, she, she lapped... She acted laps around Rod. Yes, for movie. sure. And then also you've got obviously Adam Sessa, Catherine Bacha, and Colton Osborne, and Patty Van Edingberg. Yeah, but who was who was the third billing on the on the film? I didn't include her in here because she's not really a cast member. But what is her name again? It's Tippy Hedren. Tippy Hedren, who's the star of the original Birds movie, The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock, and she was a part of James Wynn's first film, Julie and Jack. And she was credited as third in the credits, but she wasn't in the film. She was, like, part of, like, a TV thing of Julie and Jack in the background or something. She wasn't in there for a second of the movie. <laughs> nope. And she got third billing just because we wanted to use Tippy Hedren's name. Just to kind of get it out there. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. R-E-S-P-C key. Key? That's also Alicia Keys. Oh, okay. That's who sings that. Um, Birdemic, Shock, and Terror. Our plot today. A horde of mutated bird. Were they mutated? <laughs> they were not. Well, I mean, maybe the mutation made them look like shitty clip art. <laughs> oh, I never thought about it. <laughs> um, a horde of mutated birds descends upon the quiet town of Half Moon Bay, California. With the death toll rising, two citizens manage to fight back. But will they survive Birdemic? Wait, two citizens? 
Rod and yeah, but Nathalie. Nathalie. But what about the other two? The kids? No, the other ones that were there for half the movie. They didn't survive. They died. I guess. But they're not. They didn't even make it into the description of the movie. Nope. Oof. Neither did the kids. <laughs> Neither did the kids. But I like at the end of this. It says, "But will they survive Birdemic? Not the Birdemic. Just is it's an it's just a proper noun." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's like out. it's like Google. It's so sensationalized that it becomes a. <laughs> it just becomes its own word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna Google it. It's a verb and a noun. Yeah, yeah. But we already didn't. Wasn't birdemic a real thing? Wasn't bird flu a real thing? Yeah. And didn't that kill like eight people? Is that what it ended I up? Doing? I don't know how many people. Yeah. It killed. Um, we already lived through birdemic. In in past with these B grade movies, although I've read that this is considered a Z grade movie. A Z grade is yep. that a thing? I, apparently, I read it on IMDb. Oh, okay. Um, with all these B grade movies, especially ones like Liar Liar Vampire, um, no Rubber wasn't one. Adventures of Food Boy, Iron Sky. I had a really tough time finding any history because there's not anything deep and profound about it guys i have both history and fucking cats facts for you today i was wondering if you would because this did seem like something that would be buried deep deep deeply in the web deep 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 um yeah i've got some and it's pretty good i must admit it's pretty good just like this movie so history James Wynn was inspired to write the script for Birdemic Shock and Terror while spending time relaxing in Half Moon Bay, California, and much of the filming took place in the area surrounding the community. He gained inspiration to write the film from other films such as The Birds, Apocalypse Now, <laughs> and An Inconvenient Truth. Who would have thought that one? Um, Birdemic began production in 2006 and took four years to produce. Partly due, huh? Four years. Four years to produce, partly due to time limitations. Filming was done mostly on weekends over the course of seven months, and also due to financial restraints, as it was financed through Nguyen's day job. Oh, sorry, Nguyen's day job, plus the time it took Nguyen to find a distributor. This makes Nguyen the director, writer, and executive producer of this film. The film has gained notoriety. For its poor quality, with many critics citing it as one of the worst films of all time. After a limited theatrical release, the film was picked up for distribution by Severin Films in 2010. A sequel, Birdemic 2 The Resurrection, was released in 2013. The sequel received even poorer reviews. (laughs) And a second sequel is in the development titled Birdemic 3 Sea Eagle and is set to be released in 2022. A lot to unpack there. First of all, four years? Uh-huh. Because it was on the weekends, so everyone was working their jobs, and they were like, oh, I'll give you a... And then they pitched in on this. Did it say what his day job was? No. Uh, he was a software person. I found that in previous. He was like a software guy. Oh, well, how did, why was the CGI so shitty then? <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> If he was a software guy. I, and I remember... When I showed this trailer to Devin, I was like, we have to do this movie. This is on my list of films. And we were watching the trailer. And before any of the CGI appeared, he saw the name James Wynn. And Devin went, 
I think I know that director. And I was like, Devin, I promise you, you don't. He's a software engineer. So yes, he's some. He works in software. There is a James Wan. Isn't that the guy who does all the scary movies? Actual scary movies. The the titled scary like movie? like The Conjuring in them is not James. Oh, Wan? not not the parodies, not the satire. No, no, scary no, no, no. The actual. I don't know. Film. You're a big Conjuring fan. Does he do Conjuring? I don't. I don't know the director. It might be though because the name James Wynn looks super familiar. I think James and then insert Asian last name. You gotta you get a real good chance of being a good <laughs> horror director. Yeah, Ronnie Yu. Yeah. No, you hated that guy, Devin. Oh, he's trembling. <laughs> he's, um, yeah, so they just work their day jobs, and then they're like, hey, let's just work on this on the side. And four years, he funded it all himself through his software job. Lucas, do you remember that one time? Maybe you weren't there. I think you were there. We went to play basketball in Schreiber Gym on the University of Montana campus. Maybe it wasn't you. And when we arrived there, we were going to play because we didn't have people that were students and they couldn't get into the university or they would have to pay. And when we arrived there, there was like a bunch of students like creating a movie, like a zombie movie in the gym in there. And they're like, hey, do you guys want to be extras? And we like really considered being extras. Like, nah, we're meeting people over at you weren't there because we were one of the you were one of the people that we met. Mm. Uh, And we met you at the rec center. Anyway, how does, it, sh- how does it make you feel that you might have crushed Brandon's acting dreams <laughs> in this U- University of Montana student directed zombie film? Yeah, my brother and I were so close. We we're like, you know what? Let's just let's just do it. This sounds cool, man. We could just be extras. We could be zombies. Should have done it. I have to be a pharmacist. <clears throat> yeah, now I'm gonna be a pharmacist. <laughs> Kill me now. Instead of a Playboy magnate. <laughs> Instead of a star at Victoria's Secret model. Yes. Devin, tell us about our budget. I don't even have to look. It's $10,000. It's $10,000 fucking dollars. <laughs> I, I don't know how much it made, though. Uh, I shouldn't have had to look. No one knows. Probably a little more than $10,000 because it had a limited theatrical release, which I find fucking brain <laughs> exploding. So. This movie made money is what you're thinking. I it if with a limited theatrical release it had to have because ten thousand dollars is so by far the cheapest film. We've Imagine done. going to like your your like local AMC, sitting down, <laughs> paying like forty bucks for you and your kids to get popcorn. You it sit was, down. It would have been Carmike Winsong back then. Okay, Carmike Winsong. So you like you sit down and you're forty five minutes in and you're like wondering what this movie is about. <laughs> And there's this five-minute panoramic scene of the town. And then just the worst, like, PowerPoint clip art presentation of birds you've ever seen. I'd be so mad. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, it probably did. 10,000 has to be, like, the cheapest movie, like... Oh, by far. Ever made to make it to theaters. By far. Devin, it's time for your tagline. Oh, God. This is the worst tagline I've ever read. All right. Here we go. Who will survive? Nope. Read it again. What? What'd I do? Punctuation. Who will survive? There you go. Oh, That's I a see. question? Like, who? Oh my god. That is going to be so loud for listeners' ears. God, I, we are sorry for that. Um, I'm not sorry. Who will survive? Who will survive? I will survive. 
First I was afraid. I was was petrified. Birdified. Birdified. (laughs) Kept thinking I can never live without birds on my side. But then I spent so many nights thinking how birds Birds. did me wrong. But the birds grew strong. My wings grew strong. (laughs) And I learned how to fly along. And now we're back from in the sky. (laughs) Okay, we're done with that. That was good (laughs) while I went. I'm astounded over here. It was on the level of Damien Carter. Yeah, well, that doesn't say much. Hey, now... Hey now, hey now. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, who will survive? That. Uh, I still don't know what this plot was about, or like if they survived in the end because the they bird... totally did. Spoilers. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. This this movie is really emotionally racking and <laughs> leaves you on edge, knowing thinking about. I what cried will six next. times. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. The boy in the trunk? (laughs) (laughs) Out of nowhere? For no reason? Yeah, but he also held on to his PSP the whole time. He held it? Wait, we get there. Was he a captive of the people in that car, or did his parents just lock him in the trunk? No, I think he was just hiding from the birds in the trunk, is is my theory. How did he get in there? Most trunks have a release from the inside. Yeah. You thought the the eight year old kid, the nine year old kid, no, he was older than that. The twelve year old kid knew how to work the release on a back seat and crawl into the trunk and then close it from in there. No, I'm saying he crawled into he op- like the trunk was open. He crawled in and closed it and then got stuck in there. I was thinking you were talking about the seat release where you can get into the trunk. Oh from the no, seat. <laughs> no, I was because like usually there's like an illuminated mm-hmm. seat like trunk release. Man, this movie. <laughs> Okay, a work of art. We're through our tagline. The shitty, shitty tag. That's with cats with hats only, and you've got the slice of the dicer, but neither of them are nicer. Whatever that was. Oh yeah, yeah. The yep. bottom three. Which are, is good. Are you tired of the expected? Has moved out of the bottom three, I think. Which is astonishing to say. Uh yeah, and um, you know what? It'll probably it's probably only up from here. Rubber is gonna be like our top ten. <laughs> guys i was looking on i had to i almost bought this film and i'm kind of ashamed i didn't i was thinking oh you know this is going to be one of the ones that you have to buy like cats or food boy because nobody's heard of it and you could actually rent it amazon gave me a one dollar off credit but i want to buy it now which how much does it cost it's like thirteen dollars well that's how they made money you buy what like ninety people buy the movie? They've made ten thousand dollars. <laughs> is that is the math right there? Nope, <laughs> that's nine hundred. <laughs> Only off by a lot. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I want to own this film now because just for the feet scene, really. No, <laughs> not for the feet scene. Just to say that I own it, you know. That was that was the only engagement I got out of this. But on Amazon Prime, when we were looking, Lucas and I were looking beforehand. Like we scrolled through items related. Oh my god, a talking cat, the Velocipaster, Bearcano, FDR, American Warrior, some, American Badass, American Bad. These are all films we need to do eventually. Green so. Book. No, not Green Book. Quit bringing that up. So it's time. Hmm. It's time. Well, let's do it. It's time for our bird facts. 
Oh, this is a long pause. Oh my god. It's coming. I'm gonna come. <laughs> Almost there. Cats facts. Oh, goddamn you. <laughs> okay. What's with all the noise? Caught the big fish. Yeah? How big was the sale? One million dollars. Awesome, man. Oh, God. I hate you, Devin. I did that whole <laughs> orgasmic buildup for nothing. We can absolutely cut it out. <laughs> no, we have to leave that in there now. The do it in post. We don't do post. Yeah, we can just we can just edit in your orgasm. You know that, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know that Devin does the actual intro, the bah, all that just freestyle. He just Oh right. yeah, I just go and then I You just, can't handle the movies. I do My mom always said. I do did do the good, the bad, the movies. I just voice changed. Yeah, but our intro doesn't say the good, the bad, the movies. Yeah, it does. It just says the bad, the bad, the movies. It does? Uh-huh. No fucking way. Uh-huh. Are you serious? Uh-huh. It says the bad, the bad, the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh-uh. I don't believe you. Now, well, hold up, guys. Devin's about to check in on... We'll edit this out. <laughs> Downtown Scoop Boy. Oh, god damn it. Um, yeah, it says the bad, the bad, the movies. You're you're lying to me right now. I'm not lying to you. I'm not shitting you. The good. That said the bad. That said the good. Can you hear it again? I wasn't listening. That said the bad. It says the... definitely does say the good the bad did you hear the bad i hear the bad the bad i didn't hear i wasn't i guess i've never heard that before um bad news on thunderclaps accidentally deleted all of them in that time frame i remembered the first one don't remember the second put a question mark around the time frame (laughs) i think it's around six minutes Got the third one. Why didn't we just stop this? We should have definitely just stopped this. No, this is a part of the show now. We don't do that much post. This is a part of the show. Fuck post. it, we'll do it live. Cats facts. Let's go. There's some good ones. Downtown Street. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, first and only cats fact. Really? No, I'm kidding. Oh. I was just trying to buy time. Um, is this film was produced with a budget of $10,000, right? Okay. But the distributors, Severin Films, when they started doing it, spent more on marketing than it cost to produce the film and the purchasing rights. Which is not surprising. $10,000. Like, to market this movie had to have been more, but That's like a radio ad. Yeah. For one city. That's like half a second of a Super Bowl ad. Yeah. I think that's what they spent it on, actually. It's (laughs) half a (laughs) second. No one remembers it because it's half a second. (laughs) That was just... Birdemic. (laughs) It was just. It was one. One seagull noise. (laughs) It was. It was. It was was the Super Bowl with the Seahawks and the Broncos, and it was just (laughs) in the background. That was it. Um, Okay, next one. Due to the film's limited budget, ten thousand dollars, director Wynn was unable to hire a full-time crew. As such, cast members performed the tasks that a typical crew would do. 
in an effort to make the film appear more professional, Wynn made up names for crew members that appear in the credits. Oh, wow. No shit. You said at the very end, Devin, you were like, how did they get these people? And one of the person was Mona Lisa Moon or something? I think oh, Mona yeah. Lisa Moon was real, though. Mona Lisa Moon is a real person? Yeah. Keep talking. Well, it has to be. <laughs> Devin's going to look up Mona Lisa. Yeah, so they hired... They, they just created fake names to make it seem more professional. In addition to that, I'm making sure that I didn't put this later. Um, some of the things that they had to do, like Whitney Moore was the makeup artist of Caesar. My God, you don't need to, you don't need to scratch the carpet, my guy. Thank you. Good boy. Um, Whitney Moore was the makeup artist. Um, and all of them were a cinematographer at least once. All the main characters. And at times while filming, they didn't have a boom operator. Devin, you brought up the boom operator. They actually just held the microphones between their knees. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least, at least they were a crew on this movie <laughs> instead of one with Alec Baldwin. They no. couldn't even tape of like taped lav mics to their chest. They couldn't have afforded lav mics. They couldn't mics. have afforded those. Go ahead and talk about Alec Baldwin. You brought him up, Lucas. Well, once upon a time, he wouldn't... They kicked him off a plane for playing Words with Friends. What? Yeah, that's a that's a very famous story. Please tell. Well, they were like, please, Alec Baldwin, stop playing Words for Friends. We're trying to take <laughs> off. And Alec Baldwin's like, no, Mr. Pilot, I'm going to play Words with Friends. And then he said, all right, you're out of here. And that was that. That was it, okay. And then he also killed a guy yesterday, but... By accident. To be Wait, determined. Wait, tell me more about the Words with Friends. Well, he was playing words with friends. It's like it's like a Scrabble like game, and he was waiting on the tarmac. Anyways, that's about it. Um, cats fact number three of six. <laughs> While filming their respective love scenes, Whitney Moore, Nathalie, and oh, Mona Lisa Moon is a real person. Yeah, she yeah, play, she, she played was... Mai. Oh, of course, she oh, did. my a friend. Um, they were both told to wear bikinis. That's why she was wearing a bikini. Wynn purportedly had the actresses wear bikinis as he did not want them to actually have sex with their male co-stars. <laughs> we asked if this was a porno. Yeah, why would clothes be preventing that? Just like normal clothes <laughs> instead of bikinis? Also, were they okay with having nude scenes in Birdemic? I don't know. They're, cause they're... The, th- the thing is, it was like... the. The bikinis is what's preventing us from a hardcore porn scene here. And also the guys were both fully clothed during each sex uh-huh. scene. It was yeah. only the girls. In addition to that, he also did not allow um, Bag and Moore, Rod and Natalie, to connect with each other at all outside of filming so that they would not develop a relationship. <laughs> Why would he give a fuck? <laughs> And also, how could he prevent that? I don't know. That would make me want to connect more. Yeah, why do you want your like romantic interest to have as little chemistry as possible? <laughs> Welcome to Vixby. <laughs> um, okay, next cast fact. On the DVD commentary, 
Whitney Moore said that they did not get permits to film at specific locations. At any locations, I bet. (laughs) Instead, just showing up and sometimes getting kicked out. She said at one point they were filming on a public jogging trail, and Wynn started yelling at the joggers who were getting in his shot. She told him not to yell at the people who were not associated with the film, and he responded by refusing to talk to her and pouting for three weeks. He gave her directions using her co-star, Alan Bagg, as an (laughs) intermediary. But he wouldn't let them interact outside of it. (laughs) (laughs) So he's giving her directions and then refusing to let them talk to each other. This is just a How much were they paying these guys? I don't know. The budget was $10,000. That's that's less than, like, what a student film costs. (laughs) Like, consider, like, cameras and tuition and everything. Yeah. 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 This film was off the hooks. Okay, next. After the Sundance Film Festival rejected his film, James Wynn put fake blood and fake birds on his van and banners that read Biddemic. Yes, he spelt the name of his own movie incorrectly. And he put, why did the eagles and vultures attacked all over his van, then drove around to advertise the film. He ended up premiering the movie at a local bar later that day, <laughs> and eventually he got the attention of Severin Films, which distributed the film. Oh, Jesus. How? I don't fucking know. What else? I'm gonna... You keep talking. I'm gonna see what, what other Severin films. Severin Films? Yeah. There's no way they found any quality in this film. The bid attacked? <laughs> the bidemic. The bidemic. And the eagles and vultures attacked. Attacked. <laughs> Or no, why did the eagles and vultures attack? <laughs> it's worse. God damn it. My last bird fact for you today is not as funny as the other, but it needs to be said. And this film has landed on IMDb's list of its bottom 100 movies of all time, ranking as its number six worst movie of all time. Wow. There's five ahead of this? Which two other films that we have recorded so far on the podcast are on the bottom 100. Uh, Food Boy. K. And Rubber. K. Cats. K. If, if it's... Oh, yeah, Cat. I thought you meant Cat in the Hat. I was about to walk out. What's your other guess? Um, <clears throat> Transformers 3. So this was number 3. Coming in at... Or number 6. Coming in at number 27 is Cats. Let's go. Live action Cats. And coming in at number 87... Oh, sorry. 86... The Wicker Man. Ooh. Yeah. Food Boy didn't even... Nope. Food Boy was made with $10 in the camcorder, <laughs> though, so I get it. I could find a budget on that. That's true. All right. That's it. Let's talk about our movie. What movie? Jurassic World 2. I keep Fuck. forgetting. Every, every week. Every week. Jurassic World 2. Uh, movie. Birdemic. It starts... It's just traffic. That's all it is. For like 15 minutes. (laughs) It's just a Ford Mustang just driving at 12 miles an hour, holding up traffic. I could have slept through half this movie and and still understood the plot as much as I do now. Correct. I also put peep that shaky cam. You did, I think, point out what they were trying to do, which is like try and do the classic horror, like I think The Shining does, where they're driving the car while the credits roll and like trying to just On a windy road with with, kind of like happier music. Yeah. I got very big Shining vibes. I, I even asked, is this an homage? But I know, and I thought like the directing was just like Stanley Kubrick, too. 
my beloved and one of the most decorated directors of all time, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. James Wynn. Yeah. Same par. Um, my next note is that it did the credits at the beginning and the end. And in the opening credits, it said supporting casts. Oh, yeah. Multiple casts for this film? Yeah. I, it, is, it was a, you know, sought after roles. I don't want to profile, but does Mr. Wynn just not have a grasp of the English language? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, <laughs> so after six minutes, the main guy finally gets out of his Mustang. And, um. Oh, it was six minutes? <clears throat> yeah. The sound effects for his steps, I put, sound like a bag of shit being squished. Yeah, they were very Squidward-esque. Ooh, Squidward is good. Yeah. Yeah. Like suction cuppy. Guppy puppy. Wow. Um, and I put this note here, but it's important to note that it goes throughout the whole movie. The sound editing and mixing cannot be talked about without actually listening to it. Oh, my good it God. It is so... None of... He goes into this diner, and none of the scenes in the diner have the same sound. White noise is always off. There are abrupt cuts and long pauses. And every time, things. every time he cuts, it's a different like audio source. So it's different like white noise, <laughs> and then different like different volumes in the voices. So every single time he cuts back and forth, it's a new audio source, which just is the worst on the ears. And I brought this up is like I've made two child films from when I was twelve, and my cousin was fourteen making these films maybe we might have been a little older i don't know but they have the same sound quality maybe even better than this film does uh-huh. it wouldn't be hard it would not be hard to make a movie he didn't edit anything in this he just put them together he didn't wait james Wynn didn't edit no i don't think so who edited this i don't think anybody edited this movie it was just like an iMovie thing where they it threw the shot, clips together. Shot in sequence. Yeah. yeah. First, there's no way this was shot out of sequence. <laughs> there's no way. Anyway, he's in this diner. And main guy, Rod, as we all know him, is just staring down this girl in the diner. Real pedo vibes. No, she's not a child. I mean, uh, uh, stalker vibes, creeper vibes, creeper vibes, pervert vibes, pervert vibes. All stalker, creeper, pervert, all good. Yeah. Just staring her down, and she, like, walks out. He just follows her. Yeah, he runs. <laughs> he chases her down. Like, if the sun was not up, the horror would have started. And he, he, like, spooks her by, like, tapping her on the shoulder really quickly. It might have been the scariest film of the... The scariest yeah. scene of the film. Downtown Spook. Ooh. Downtown Spook. What'd you say? Oh, no. Don't do it. <laughs> Um, Spook boys are no. downtown. No, it's like like if you had to like classify a part of town using a preposition, right? Downtown. Spook boys. Just for that, I'm making you edit this down. <laughs> um. Yeah, he just it literally chases her down the street. Apparently, they went to high school together. But they grew up in two different cities. <laughs> yeah, one's like, I, I'm from San Diego. And the other's like, oh, I'm from San Jose. <laughs> we went to the same high school. They were in writing class together. Yeah. Was that it? Writing? English. English. English? Yeah. It doesn't really matter. They're trying to stay in contact now. She's a model. 
They exchange business cards. They exchange business cards. And then you get a scene of Rod eating breakfast, watching the news. Flocks of seagulls and crows found dead downtown. Then just the happiest music playing while he drives to work after some grim morning news. And must point out, they use the same, some of the same driving shots as they did in the first six minutes of driving shots. They use a lot of recurring shots. <laughs> oh, I also have a note in here. It's a little bit past it, but he has water jugs in his home. I, I wrote that down. He doesn't. He doesn't drink from a sink like a like gallons. Yeah, no, like 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 a water like at the water cooler, like a full like like a Culligan, ten gallon water like jug. a Culligan water jug. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, he stops for gas, and um, then he just drives some more. Why did we need to know that he stopped for gas? I foreshadowing. It just is. Blood. I guess it is foreshadowing. There's the nobody's gonna remember this scene of him stopping for gas when they figure out all the environmental shit. Yeah, I forgot this scene happened until exactly. You just now said it. It's not that good of foreshadowing then. Um, and there are so many establishing shots, and for what buildup? All this driving, all these panoramas, all these setting shots, and it never leads anywhere. I don't know. All those panoramics very quickly led to the. <laughs> We'll get to it. They didn't but. supersede anything important. They didn't build. Yeah. Build a bear. Well, he works for some software company and he just made a sale for a million dollars. One million dollars. Heck yeah, bud. That was terrible. That was better. I dropped my iPad. That was it. Is Lucas literally delivered the line better than he did? <laughs> hey, hey, man! I just made a sale. How much? One million dollars. One million dollars, and it was such a short interaction over the phone for like a million dollar sale. It was like like fifteen seconds. That was it. Yeah. And he said, "Okay, can we wrap this up today? I'll send the contract." Okay, million dollars in the book. <laughs> There's like nobody else in the office except him, and he's like, "Woohoo!" What do you like make on commission for like sales? Typically, I don't. I've never had a sales ten percent. Ten percent. So we just made a hundred thousand dollars in fifteen seconds. He's not. He's not that excited. I made that much at Coldstone. We all did. <laughs> Shout out Dan. Go Dan. Um. So you get to kind of establish his what he does at work. He makes the money. Then you get some modeling scenes. Yeah, but Devin had a real problem with these modeling scenes. Well, her posture was bad. The clothes were bad. The lighting was bad. I just, I don't know what modeling agency she works for, but I mean, apparently it's a prestigious one because it preceded her getting the Victoria's Secret cover girl role. Yeah, the bad outfits, bad poses, and bad lighting leads to Victoria's Secret cover girl. Yeah. She's the next Kendall Jenner or pre Kendall Jenner, I guess. Pre Kate Upton, pre I don't know any other. Victoria. Honestly, that was probably the most believable part of the movie. Was that she was a Victoria's Secret cover girl? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, of everything else that happened, I guess that's right. <laughs> I guess more than that, he made a million dollar sale with his terrible sales tactics. Yeah. He couldn't sell anything, despite being a software engineer himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a phone call. Rod calls Natalie. This is the worst. There is. It's like they recorded each of their scenes 
back to back. Like they didn't record their own scene and read from a script and memorize it all. They recorded one phone scene and then the next and then the ne- and just back and forth over and over. Also, throughout this movie, they're going to we're not going to mention it every time, but they use just fucking a frankly offensive green ske- screens. <laughs> It's so bad. Yeah. It's and, so bad. And you could really tell. Like, during the phone call, like, the girl on, like, in the office who called Kate Upton, uh, whatever her <laughs> name was, saying that she was a cover girl, like, she was in a, like, green, green screened into an office. They couldn't just use an office? They couldn't the just use a desk? Unnecessary thing. Some of their dialogue in this scene with them talking on the phone is, remember me? We met on the street. <laughs> Uh, and then they just told their day's work to each other, and then now they're just gonna go to a Vietnamese restaurant. <laughs> Vietnamese restaurant, yeah, and then butchered the name, butchered Vietnamese. We can go to Vietnamese restaurant. This whole movie has like the same the same acting skills as like a work workplace safety video. Yeah, it's exactly yeah, yeah. sexual harassment kind of video. Yeah. yeah, but he also like says, "All right, I'll, I know this great Vietnamese restaurant." Vietnamese. I'll see you there, Vietnamese restaurant. I'll see you there. And she says, okay, see you there without any Date, note of time, where. Place. Yeah. And also, this great Vietnamese restaurant is in a strip mall <laughs> in, in Half Moon Bay, California. The inside of the restaurant was kind of nice, though. They were sitting next to like, a fish tank. I don't know. I've seen a lot of fish tanks in Asian restaurants. There's one in China Buffet. There's also one in China Garden. So that's not saying a lot, that there's one in almost every Chinese restaurant. Well... I think because that's the best th- and the worst in Missoula. <clears throat> I think fish tanks are a sign of bouginess. Okay, well, I got food poisoning from China Buffet. Well, it sounds like you was it the sesame you, chicken or was it the deep fried shrimp? It's probably the fish you ate from the fish tank. Oh, nice. Um, next basketball scene. Rod and his friend <laughs> they suck at basketball, and they just talk all about Natalie and how they need to have sex. That's yeah, it. I, That's the whole scene. I have a quote there, but you we can quote, save yeah. it. And next is a scene that is more foreshadowing as well that you don't really know, but you probably forgot about. Jerry Owens from Solar Power Accessories oh, yeah. stops by Rod's place to install solar panels on Rod's house. Yeah. <laughs> and he negotiates the price down from 20000 to 19000 Good for you, Rod. Go, Rod. Use that extra thousand and treat yourself, baby girl. Treat Nathalie. Well. Because it is date time. Oh, yeah. And you learn this is where he used to be a software engineer. And on this first date, they're already talking about family and kids. Yeah, and she also, they also reminisce on their high school days. And she says, why don't you, why didn't you ever make a pass at me? Which I haven't heard anyone say since like a 1940s black and white movie. (laughs) And then she says, why don't you make a pass on me now? And that's when things really heated up. Not really. They all took their socks off and walked around <laughs> the fucking disgusting floor and then recorded the bottoms of their... <laughs> well, that's later. <laughs> well, all the talking in this date scene is just talking. It doesn't set up anything at all. Well, it does... There is one thing that got set up when mm. when they're woodenly asking each other what their interests are and, and the, the date <laughs> protocol. So obliviously. What kind of man are you into? Yeah, what is the ideal woman for you? She's not not sexy like me. Oh, okay. But he says he's a big football fan, and he said he's a huge 49ers fan, but a part-time Eagles fan, which 
initially I took as offensive as like a hardcore football fan, but now I realize it was the brilliance of James Wynn keying us into the themes of the movie. He should have only said Eagles, Falcons, and Seahawks. Oh my god. That would have been that would have been too ham fisted. <clears throat> yeah. Fisting James, you. James Wynn is known for his subtlety and <laughs> Something like that, something that blatant, it'd be almost like He really a... brings the CGI birds in slowly. <laughs> yeah. He does, that's the next scene, isn't it? Guys, he, I am yeah, losing my you. voice. What what, what just happened? <laughs> <clears throat> you got is that this. better? Yeah. <clears throat> that yeah. is way better. It just... It's like, <sighs> so, I think you're sick from the... This is like a pandemic going around about birds, I maybe. COVID tested myself today. The birds. <laughs> that i'm negative for covid i have a head cold i guess uh-huh i think it's the fucking big i literally showed you the tests up on the counter yeah it's sure. the birds <laughs> is that supposed to be a marlon brando no oh alfred hitchcock oh don't touch me boys <laughs> <laughs> you said that so fast um okay so date scene this this date scene goes from good to bad to ugly, from good to bad to movies. Oh shit! Real quick because, um. Oh wait, no. Oh yeah, okay. So they finish at this Vietnamese restaurant and they go walking through this park and they see some birds nestling on some flowers. And this is the first shot you get to see of CGI birds. And my notes are, oh my God, and all in caps. Also, um, looking at this scene, or thinking about this scene retrospectively, those were the best CGI birds. Those were the best birds by far. (laughs) They blew all their money. You know, he was a software engineer, and he's like, I think I can do this. And then he spent 20 was, hours on yeah. that 30-second scene of birds, and he was like, oh, well. <laughs> it was literally just clip art pasted on top of the, the film of when the birds, like, sometimes they wave their arms. Like, you have seen bad CGI. <laughs> their, their wings, birds don't have arms. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we didn't catch that. We just rolled with the birds having arms. I, well, we're like, yes, of course. We're, yeah. we're lost arms. in the absurdity right now. Like, I don't think we, we are can... living in a Salvador Dali painting. <laughs> if you don't want to spend money on watching this film or sit through the hour and 36 minutes, just watch the trailer for us, please. I'm ba- So you can just see the CGI of this. Because you have seen, if you've seen any, like, cable tv sci-fi where the white balance changes or whatnot i brought up like yeti before or like anything or like sharknado or i'm saying anything it is so much worse than what you're about to see we shat on rubber non-stop for everything it did and this blows this movie well rubber didn't have bad special effects it didn't have yeah that with some of the explosions of the human heads were terrible yeah they looked terrible. Yeah, I mean, and nothing we, like we this. shat on that movie horrendously, but objectively, that movie is an Oscar film compared to this. So please watch the trailer at least. It's the best way I could describe it is clip ta- art. taking clip art and then just ant- like frame by frame moving it a little bit, and then every now and then flapping a wing, flapping the wing, flapping an arm, <laughs> yeah, waving an arm. Okay, so. That's our first scene of CGI birds, and it's the best. And now they are dancing on like a street corner or a club. We weren't sure, or was, like 
a room with like a a green curtain (laughs) (laughs) yeah but not really it was just like lights in the back in in like like you said it's in front of a clear green screen and then they're just done like two seconds later they don't establish that at all and they're walking back to her place she's holding a rose now yeah out of nowhere and the date ends she kisses him on the cheek says she has fun but he asks if he can come inside and she says, I'm not ready for kids. No, <laughs> I'm so, not that type of gal. Not on the first date. Not on the first date. For the Victoria's Secret model. Correct. Good for her. Yeah. She's proud of her body. Yeah. But doesn't want to misuse it. No. Wow. But, Be- best acting of the movie. But Rod. Yes. The lustful software Hot salesman. Rod. Soon to be solar panel magnate. <laughs> really the jeff bezos of his time or yeah. i guess jeff bezos was in his time but that's that's he's near... more elon musky with that, like green energy that is yeah, true that is nearly the next scene i think in here when after he makes the million dollar sale his company is bought right their purchase for a billion dollars well right before that okay. we've got a couple good ones Natalie is talking to her 70-year-old linebacker mother all about Rod and her modeling and having a – and her mom is just like the whole time she's like, wow, you're into modeling. You should also have a financially sound husband and a real estate career, like not backing her whatsoever, which comes up later. But really the most important part is that she's huge and she's 70. (laughs) Well, also I wrote this down too that um, Natalie – was smiling when she's talking to her mom and her mom's like oh why are you smiling and she says oh i met a guy but she told her all this before she told her mom that she was the fucking cover girl of a victoria's secret <laughs> mat- like catalog you know from what I mean? moon bay california <laughs> yeah it was it was more important to tell her about the one date she had with rod the dipshit my next scene here i put just imagine peace does anybody remember imagine peace oh yeah oh the poster yeah no, yeah so um it just says it's just imaginepeace.com. Is that an ad yeah. placement? I don't yeah. really know. John Lennon. <clears throat> but this girl that we turn to find out is May, which is uh My. Nathalie Mai, which is Nathalie's friend, is just about to fuck this guy who Rick. is Rick. Rick. Is it Rick? <laughs> That's Rick. Who is about to fuck Rod's friend from the basketball court. She calls him, she's like, You want a double date? And she's like, sure. And he's like, Oh my god, Rod? He was talking about this modeling girl. That's my boy. That's my boy. That's my boy. <clears throat> also, my his voice is so nasally and weird. Like that, no sound effects at all. No editing on that whatsoever. <laughs> on her, on her voice. Yes. <laughs> and then I put, why was she wearing a bikini in bed? Now we know, guys. Now we know. Now, not lingerie, mind you. To prevent, like a like a two piece swimming suit. To yeah. prevent coitus. Yeah. Well, at least... <laughs> excuse me. A mission accomplished. <laughs> at least, but like... missionary was not accomplished. <laughs> at least Natalie's, like, looked like a bra and underwear. Like, hers was clearly yeah. a bikini with, like, gold ring hoops on it and stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Next. Rod Software Company. Oh, yeah. Rod Software Company sold for a billion dollars. And he, Rod says earlier that he gets to cash in on his stock option if this happens, which I don't really know if that's the logistics of how that works. But what do you think he makes off of this deal? Millions of dollars? It has to be. As like one of the lead salesmen for the software company. So 
Well, I assume there were there were like stock investment options, like like you owned a bit of the company if you were part of the company. So he probably owned like a stake okay. of the company. So then it sold. sold. Well, if he owns one percent, he owns ten million dollars. And it's it, like it didn't look like there were that many employees. No, there were so like the, there were like 12. 12. 12 yeah, <laughs> because the next two minutes is just shots of the staff clapping. God damn! It was two minutes of them clapping. And each time it's a focus of like maybe three people. Like if you put a camera in at that TV in front of us and just shot us three here sitting on this couch clapping, it would just be us clapping and then we would stop and then it would zoom in on another three people and they would start clapping. Like the continuity of the clapping did not work at all because each time it they, ended. They would cease clapping. Yes. <laughs> then it would be restarting the clapping with a new establishing shot. <laughs> I don't think Wynn knows how to use establishing shots whatsoever. You're probably right on that. And one. I've only been an intro to film class. Wynn is listening to this podcast right now and he just paused it to Google establishing shot. <laughs> Wynn is our one listener from Vietnam. Oh my god, Wynn. Fucking blow Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Wide receiver for the back, the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. The Buccaneers. Yeah. So, um, Rod is considering early retirement with the sale of his company. Honestly, not bad. If he's got ten mil plus the hundred thousand from earlier, <laughs> just live off the interest of that money, like you have been. Honestly, and, his... and if you continue to invest in stocks with your money, you're fine. Yeah. Maybe a bird flu antidote. <laughs> Ooh. Perhaps. Um. But now it's double date time. That's it. Like. Like oh, when yeah. when I say that it's double date time after considering early retirement, that's literally the cut. There's <laughs> there's no lead into the double. It's just now it's double date. But you don't see the date. You just see the end of it. They leave a movie theater and they watched Al Gore's <laughs> An Inconvenient Truth, former vice president for Bill Clinton and president nominee in 2000 with the hanging Chad controversy. Al Gore. Al Gore. Democratic Al Gore. candidate Al Gore. Do you think Al Gore is a downtown speaker? I bet he is. I bet your bottom dollar he is. My good boy. I don't know why I'm talking to you like I do Caesar now, but... Um, don't yeah, they, don't they continue their date, though, without, without Rick and my? They do, because... I have a quote from that. Yeah, they're... Rick and I decide to leave because apparently they have to go back to work. That is not to go back to work. Um, but yeah, so they just continue their date. Um, oh, no, they don't. Or is it a new day? It's a new day. Rod is trying to sell solar panels and go green. And apparently you find out he drives a hybrid 2010 Ford Mustang oh, that yeah. gets 100 miles per gallon. <laughs> and um, this is when they reuse the driving scene from the beginning of the movie again. And... Then Rod and Natalie go to the Art and Pumpkin Festival. That's right. Please. What? Oh, yeah, the Pumpkin Festival. <laughs> yeah. How anybody, have I forgotten so much of this hour and a half film? Anybody, talk to me about this pumpkin. I don't understand why <laughs> this scene, this, so this, this, this four-minute scene was in Yeah, it was something like four minutes, maybe like four to six minutes, and there was one line of dialogue, and the one line of dialogue was, wow, look at that. 
and then <laughs> this was this is definitely one of the things that when didn't have permits to film and he just filmed four minutes of unsolicited footage of this pumpkin parade that was going on in half moon bay yeah it was just inaudible dialogue like the subtitles literally say that and they're just walking around like this kind of like down town spook boy no <laughs> <laughs> that's why i hesitated they're walking around like this like i don't know like this just downtown show like kind of just they just put together this function to see art and pumpkins like carving and so you're saying right now that a halloween parade mm. oh god damn you <laughs> a, hollow, a halloween parade was happening downtown and there were presumably a bunch of adolescent males running around yeah and scaring people probably perhaps scaring people what would you name what would you say that like the Taliban? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, okay. Uptown Fright Men. <laughs> I'll take all that, Billy Joel. <laughs> Uptown Fright Men! <laughs> um, oh, I just exited out of all of my notes. Well, yeah, it's just, it, like you said, it's literally something he didn't get permits to. He just was like, we need to fill time. Yeah. You guys are just on a date at this festival. This whole movie was just like... Fill time? Was just like when you're like writing a thousand word essay and you're at uh-huh. 800 and you're like oh shit you just need to put adjectives places yeah he put two minutes of clapping <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's worse than the six minutes of pumpkin festival mm-hmm. well they just reused a beat shot from the beginning of the film too because now they're walking on the beach after the art and pumpkin festival and may i say you if you're not a subtitle person you need to turn on the subtitles for this scene or for most scenes. Or for most scenes, but over the sounds of the waves and the wind, you cannot hear the characters. They had this. They had to have been walking with the mic in between their legs and the wind on it and the waves coming and completely unusable audio that they chose to use. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like James uh, Wynn said, unusable. Is that a challenge? <laughs> Let's make it even worse. Like I was on a Montana version of Survivor. That, where, was, that was very bad. Audio. Where it's really bad. Where we're right next to the river and we had wind and we couldn't block oh. it out is equivalent to that. That is equivalent. It's yes. equivalent to 16 people with three handheld cameras in the woods outside of the Beartooth Mountains in Montana on a river for a $10,000 film. Well, you say $10,000 film like it's balling. I'm comparing it to three people with camcorders in the woods. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. You have my vote of confidence. <laughs> so, yeah, you need subtitles while they walk on the beach. There's no sound editing at all. It's, it's all white noise and all just waves. And um, so but White then, noise or just uncomfortable silence? That's true. There's a lot of silence. You don't realize how much movies use, like... Music! <laughs> music or, like, 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 small, like, almost ASMR sounds <clears throat> to, like... Engaged until you sound, you hear the sound of him walking into a diner where it sounds yeah. like squishing a bag of shit. That's the only time they used sound. It's just, it's just a bag of shit squish. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, you have something to say? Oh, I said I was gonna say that right after, right in this scene though, after the terrible audio is when the first dead bird, the first sign that anything wrong with the birds arrives. Correct? And this is CGI bird. It's a, yeah, CGI bird. That is dead and clipped onto there and just bleeding. I had a note before that. And it's a scene of them talking and just walking along the beach. Oh, I, I couldn't hear any of that. But they have five cuts 
for one scene oh, yeah. of them walking and talking with no change in camera angles, no change in focus, no change in lighting. It's just five different scenes where the actors I am imagining could not memorize their whole lines for this oh, yeah. monologue and they just needed to use separate scripts. And instead of restarting the scene from the beginning, they're like, all right, just pick up where you left off. They'll never know. <laughs> We're just going to cut, and I'm going to say action, and you just start on the next word, okay? And they were like, James Wynn, that's unusable. And James <laughs> Wynn was like, what, is that a challenge? He's like, add more wind, please. <laughs> He's like, they're not going to hear this anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, and then CGI bird. It's dead. It's contaminated, maybe? Maybe. Get, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Get, get back. It's infectious. No. Oh, yeah. no. The birds. Yeah. So Rod meets Natalie's mom. Mom says she loves to help her with her modeling career. That's a, a fucking lie. That is a lie. She was wanting her to quit and fall back into real estate. <laughs> Dick Buckus is the mother. Which originally I would say is a better career, real estate for her than modeling. But she's a Victoria's Secret cover girl now. And also, you have to have a substantial amount of capital to start a career in real estate. That is true. And also, real estate's a piece of shit career path. No, not like she's going to invest in real Like, she's going to be a real estate agent. Like, she's going to sell houses. Oh, okay. I see. Not Never to be that. someone that has a lot of money that just buys houses and rents them out. Yeah. I see. That makes sense. Take a back lot- what you said. Right now, you motherfucker. No. <laughs> no, I won't. I'll stand by it. I, I stand with Devin. I'm too. like I'm like James Wynn. Oh, bad joke. Is that a challenge? <laughs> win, 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 win. <laughs> That's a win. Um. Okay. And then after that, after that lie, we're getting into <laughs> the greatest scenes of all time. First, the longest shot of the moon with no sound. It. They literally win. Whoever edited this, I'm assuming Win, just decided to hit the mute button. There's no white noise. It's just yeah. There's no like twenty three or wind or twenty three Mississippi of just the moon. It doesn't. The camera doesn't move. I honestly thought the show was paused. <laughs> well, the moon was like shaky. Whoever was recording it had like a shaky <laughs> hand. So it was probably Alan Bag. Yeah, it just it probably was. Well, they walk into this bar afterwards. Irish, an Irish bar. An Irish bar. With still no sound. Yeah. And then once they sit down at the bar, just noise. And um, they both say that all they want is each other, basically. They do that thing again where, like, what's your ideal man? What's your ideal woman? They do that shit again. That, do- that is a recurring theme, as they call it. Um the projection of the other and what the ideal romanticized version it's a real psychological take by james Wynn in this movie he just uses redundancy to enforce the yes. the theme of this movie um and i think it's a very artistic choice really he no he he influences romance to sympathize with the watchers what the fuck were you watching devin <laughs> i was watching the film you were apparently were watching the back of your Jurassic own World Two, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they're in the bar. They say all they want is each other. And now, my God, in this, as Lucas pointed out, Irish pub. They are dancing. 
at this moment, I put to some African-American, who we now know his name, the beloved... Damien Carter, motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) He's basically, like, rapping early 80s rap with, like, some ska and soul vibes and influence in it. And, um... Also family-friendly. It is very family-friendly. Family-centric. Um... Yeah. You know what? I think I want to play some of the song real quick, because... I think we need that. Um, just hanging out, right? Just hang, hanging out. He just performed his own song. Oh, yeah. Feel it. Just feel the vibes flowing through you right now. They owe me money, man. You know, we were worried about copyright for this, but then we realized James Wynn had no copyright rights for this at all, so... Yeah. Come after us, James Wynn. See what happens. You'll win. Hey. We're all baby. Hang it out with my family. Hang it out for party. Hang it out. Hang it out. Hang it out with my family. Have ourselves a party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's it. That that goes on for four minutes. Probably. Yeah, a full music video. <laughs> And a lot of it is just James, or not James, Damian, Damian Carter. Carter's face. Yeah, but while this music video is being shot, uh, Rod and Nathalie are <laughs> are one on one grinding on each other. While there's not not a single other person yeah. dancing. Well, not only is there not, not any other people dancing or like at the bar in general, but there's no backing band for Damian Carter. So he's like karaoke style <laughs> singing his own song while these two white folk grind on each other to just hanging out. Yeah. And you know what? I think that was still the peak of Damien Carter's career. As Honestly, much as I as much he, as I hate to say it. He came off really well in it. We listened to we also listened to Full Figured Woman by him and Snake, and I do think that this is the peak of his career. Yeah. I'm sorry to say this, Damien Carter, but that song is a bop, we must admit. You make some catchy tunes, and I enjoyed and, it in this film. It was a long scene though. And maybe go into poem writing. Yeah. Maybe study literature. Sneaky snake. Sneaky snake. Um so yeah. Also, Af- what what happened? What'd she do to you? In the snake song, what'd she do to you? What happened? Tell she, us, Damien Carter. She, she broke my heart. That's why you gotta- she made me put up my guard. <laughs> what was the first part? Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! She's a snake. Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! She's a snake. Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! She'll break your heart. That's right. Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! Put up your guard. <laughs> He's a yeah, tortured man. So they have a romantic night dancing to Damien Carter, and so they decide they're gonna go back to a motel and gonna get it on. They are gonna get it on. <laughs> and she comes out in like a matching bra and underwear. We learn it's a bikini, apparently. And there's this establishing shot of Rod's wide-eyed face, just him looking her up and down, and then basically a point of view as it slow pans her up and down. Yeah. Very voyeuristic. Ooh, good word. Oh, thank you. And then they, they lay down, they make out hard for... Such a long scene of them just kissing. And then he goes out of her neck, then he starts kissing her boob. Thought there was going to be a nip slip. No nip slip. Titty. Close. Titties. We almost Boobies. made the titty. And then they, they pan down 
to their, to their feet to their legs so that like we can't see anything that's going on but who had it was it rod lots of foot play going on and devin pointed out i fucking out, almost stood up <laughs> i was so goddamn petrified devin, i almost devin pointed jumped out to my feet that natalie has natalie. the dirtiest feet i've ever seen <laughs> literally a, a like i a different black. race on the bottom of her foot. <laughs> well, guys, this is the halfway point of the film. Because after the, we after this, we get eight establishing shots of just scenery, settings, with five panoramas, one pan up, no sound whatsoever, all muted. Then out of nowhere, just complete silence. The birds attack! Thousands of screeching scenes. But also near, yeah, airplanes and ever and just blowing, uh, just thousands of screeching eagles blowing up. And this took a complete <laughs> 180 because the whole time we were saying, "Where is the birds? Where is the horror? There is nothing to contib- contribute to spooktacular." And there really still isn't. But the, the downtown spook boys were very disappointed in this first 45 minutes. But immediately superseding this 45 minutes, the downtown spook boys found themselves in the midst of a bird attack and the downtown spook boys <laughs> were satisfied you are very correct there um like i said it did take a complete 180 why did my phone just put okay in there um it did take a complete 180 and this is where you get full-fledged CGI birds left and right. like nonstop. So many and CGI explosions. It's literally the halfway point of the yeah CGI explosions too. Um, these these birds were also like suicide. Yeah, I was birds. Just, yeah. My next note is some eagles are dive bombing. They all sound like seagulls, mm-hmm. and so they're in this ho- motel room together. And Rod tries to call police. Well, this hotel room plug into the wall landline phone the batteries are dead shit this roto phone the battery is dead yeah of course because rotary phones have batteries well um they're in the motel room and they barricade the window with the bed because the eagles are right outside their window you can see one clip art eagle just like halfway bouncing outside the window and like we pointed out that this is where they had no rights in this motel room they just tore up the motel room they just rented a motel room we're gonna rent a motel six for the night for $70, and we're just going to tear the shit out of it and barricade the windows, and yeah. So, they kind of waited out, and they run as fast as they can to the neighbor's motel room because they lost their car keys to their hybrid Ford Mustang, and they're all going to escape in a fan together, but... A van. They, huh? A van. What did I say? You said a, a fan. fan. Oh, a van, sorry. <laughs> they need weapons to arm themselves against the eagles. Where are they going to get those? The well, the motel room, they can't leave. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this scene, too. <laughs> Devin, what do they use? Um, You know... The best weapon of all time. There's a... <laughs> what's the show? MacGyver? Is that what I'm thinking of? That is a show. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I'm, they really channeled their inner MacGyver, and, you know, they were in a, a hard scenario. They they look they look around. They see this metal bed frame that they could, could pull apart. They see... They go to the bathroom and they see a porcelain, you know, toilet lid or the porcelain back. And the towel rod, yeah. towel rod. They go to the closet and they see the rod where they hang the clothes on and they grab the hangers. The coat hangers. Yeah, the coat hangers. some coat hangers. (laughs) And also, I'd like to point out, they definitely just stole those 
coat hangers. Oh, yeah, for sure. From that motel, motel, yeah. And they also decide that they need to stand, the four of them, there are two people in this other motel, with all their backs together for safety. Because then they can see in all directions. But honestly, the instant they leave the room... They go straight to single file. Yeah, they're not back-to-back at all. Um, And so they run to the van, the fan... Sorry. Yeah. Um, and there is such a long shot of them fighting birds with coat hangers because the door's <laughs> jammed. Like, the girl can't get the key in the door. And the eagles don't ever attack. You don't see them swoop or peck or claw because they, they're clip art. Yeah, he, they don't want to animate that attack. They just move up and down and wave their wings and screech like seagulls. And the remaining three... Just kind of, <laughs> I can't imagine what it was like for these three to be in this scene and pretend to fight off birds with coat hangers and look around and see the final product <laughs> of how shitty this looked of them just like swinging aimlessly and like pausing and looking around for birds. And then Wynn decided, you know, what, we're going to put the birds on top of them while they look around because, oh my God, this movie um, yeah, there's such a long shot. And they finally get in the car. The man that owns the van has an M16 in his car. And a pistol. And a pistol. And with unlimited ammo. Not quite, but, you know. It should be a red flag that a guy staying in a Motel 6 is armed to the gills. Yeah. Well, he wants to fire at the birds because he was scratched. So he's just opening fire M16. And they drive away, luckily. They see dead people on the but side of also, the road. also... I'd like to point out, like, during all of these scenes, there is just normal life happening in the background because they're just, <laughs> yeah, they're they're just, just filming places. In, a, in a city and there's just cars driving by. Yeah, so they drive up on dead people. And you mentioned, like, this highway just has cars going the opposite direction. They're just dead people lying on the ground. Nobody bats an eye about it. They pull out M16s and just start aiming towards the road. Yeah, which is like, I would have called the cops. For sure. And you just see, like, scratched up dead people with some makeup on the road. And with these dead people, you find, one, a young girl from under a car that they save. And two, the aforementioned little boy stuck in the trunk of the car. Yeah. Tony. Tony. Was that his name? I'm pretty sure it was Tony. What was her name? I don't know. Okay. Well, Susan. Susan. Susan It is. Well, they take the... They take the kids to safety. Very adult names. <laughs> Susan and Tony. Beth and uh, Ernest. <laughs> We've got Beth and Ernest with us. Um, George and Sharon. Well, they they kill four birds. Yeah, with probably 200 rounds of ammunition. <clears throat> and all the shots of killing the birds are reused. Sh- the same shot, just reused again and again and again and again. Of a, of a clip art bird. Suddenly having a red dot appear on him and dropping out of the sky. <laughs> and falling, yeah. And um, these kids acting are atrocious in the van. I'm hungry. That, that's it. I'm hungry too. <laughs> and Was that, were you trying to get me to, to do a call and response? No, thing? not really. But no. I pointed out that the mouths in this scene don't even match what the kids are saying. Yeah, I don't understand what happened with that. If, like, the audio got out of sync or what. But, yeah, it looked like they were lip-synced. That, that is more accurate than them not syncing them correctly post. Is that it just got messed up? James Wynn just didn't have... The, the mic was switched off. Yeah. And he just had to redub them later. Yeah. Yeah. 
Honestly. And so the four people alive the and the two kids are raiding a convenience store for supplies. And they find a store worker with their eyes gouged out. Incoming birds. No. And um, they escape the birds. They fire at them again. And so they drive to the beach. Go to the beach. beach. Or <laughs> apparently their birds don't attack. Ninky Minjaj. Ninky Minjaj. Yeah, they just go to the beach and with the food that they were just have like a casual picnic. Yeah, and also that like you pointed out, there's real birds, like not crappy CGI birds, just like birds chilling on the beach. Yeah, there are there are live birds in reality. And all the actors aren't afraid either. They're just like, we're just going to have our sandwiches on the beach, beach. Nicky and Judge. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. And they find this old man on the bridge. He tells everyone to stay back because the birds are contaminated with bird flu virus. Huh. But how does he know that? He's a doctor. He's an, an ornithologist. And he was out there testing the bird's blood. He, he said. may be an ornithologist, but we're... Orgasm. The downtown speakers. <laughs> we have way, way different ideas. I don't, I don't know. I had to cut you off. I said orgasm <laughs> That is terrible. Um, yeah, he took their blood apparently. and yeah, um, But I, the doctor, the ornithologist here, was he was in a different movie than the rest of the actors were in because he went on, what was it, like a five or... Probably like a five minute. He was, I think he was actually an ornithologist that they were like, hey, want to give a PSA on global warming in, yeah. our, in our movie? So he, he gives a five minute long monologue about the dangers of humankind on the world. And, and global warming is causing these birds to die from evolving diseases. and Which is, it's all fair points, but it, had, it didn't have anything to do with the plot, really. <laughs> like at all. No, it didn't. Just, was there a plot? Just to say <laughs> why the birds are acting this way, but it doesn't really connect. Yeah, he said, yeah. Well... Becky, the other girl with the group, has to poop. So she has Natalie, to take a shit. Yeah, so Natalie goes to watch her back, and then all of a sudden a bird swoops down. Just Slits her throat. Gashes Be- yeah, gashes her Becky. And um, Natalie has a gun with her because she was watching her back. So she tries to shoot the bird. Yeah, but she shoots like five shots. Five live rounds. Definitely. <laughs> just to Becky. Definitely killed Becky. <laughs> oh, my God. Just literally just... Open fire on Becky. Probably like a hundred, like a hundred meters from from uh, the car where the other guys are sitting in, and they she, never even heard it. And she runs back. She's like, "Guys, Becky's dead!" And they're both like, "What? No How? way! How? How? Like there wasn't gun, sh- like five gunshots." <laughs> yeah. Well, our next scene is people in a London double decker bus. Oh yeah. Because why not? And they're getting attacked by eagles. So the main core, the five of them now, not the six, come to save them and just start to fire at this bus. And somehow the people in the bus just don't die. Yeah, they're shooting they're bulletproof. Like, probably hundreds Ass- of rounds. Assault again. rifle, hundreds of rounds and yeah. pistols. Yeah. But just at these birds, the birds don't die. The bus isn't harmed. <laughs> the people don't die in the bus. Some stormtrooper shit. And... So the Ramsey, Rams, yes, that's his name. Yeah, Ramsey goes into the double decker bus and he's uh, to save this. I'm gonna save you. And literally, all the people in the bus are like, "No, don't! I don't want to leave. I don't want to go out there with." <laughs> he's like, "You're coming with me." So he he gathers up the, the four, is it four, I think four different passengers yeah. who are all struggling and desperate to stay on the bus. And then and then he, as soon as he exits the bus, tragedy. 
question? The, the, yeah, the birds either puke or shit on them, but it turns out to be either acid, vomit, or fecal matter. We don't know. TBD. Tuberculosis dementia. No, it's a uh, 2B downtown speaker. Ooh. <laughs> that was really good, actually. I really enjoyed that. You're editing this fucking episode. No, well. <laughs> um, that's also TBD. So they all. So Ramsey and all of his kidnapping victims are all dead now. Yeah, they all died. And with that, there's shots of each dead person with gunshot sound effects in the bathroom. Oh, wait. Yeah, and nonstop seagull screeches, and just... Well, that's just the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, but also just, like, shots of their face burnt from the acid. Yeah, this movie sounds just like severe tinnitus. <laughs> and um, the two main characters and the kids are the only one alive, because Ramsey died in this, and the kids drive away to another convenience store to stock up, and I put, it's like a family now. Oh, How cute and pure and um, just family-friendly. Do, uh, wait, they go to a gas station again, right? Yeah, because they're going to fill up with gas. and But gas is pretty pricey. Well, yeah, there's still, there's still a man working there is, what the, is what the craziest unfazed. thing. Unfazed. Yeah. No, he says, the phones don't work, I have no gas, but we are still open. So he sells them gas. For 100 bucks a gallon. And um, he swipes the car. Yeah, Rod's filling up with gas and the eagles attack. And one parent eagle explodes... With airplane sound effects. Mm -hmm. That was happening all through the movie, though. Yeah, but this is where we really pointed it out. Yeah. Because why not? Those were the the Japanese eagles. Ooh, (laughs) bad. (laughs) Those were winds eagles. Well, they stop. They're driving away, and they stop to help a man on the side of the road. He needs gas. They won't sell it to him because they need it. So he pulls a gun on them, and he robs them of their gas. Can. But not before a bird soups in. Cuts his neck. <laughs> a bird. Well, that's doing it a lot of justice. A, a CGI blur swooped across <laughs> the screen briefly, and, and, he the, and then the man with a cut on his stumbled neck. over and died. Yeah. And we pointed this out: is that he wouldn't die from this because it was a shallow cut, and he's not actively bleeding. I I put that this was the best acting in the whole movie. His, is his dying scene? His death scene. Yes, because probably he, was he stumbled believably. He was dramatic enough, you know. The worst part of this all is that they get out of there immediately because the birds attack, but they leave the gas can and a gun. Inexplicably, but they they blinkered out of traffic <laughs> so they could merge. Safely. Yeah, they, he checked over his shoulder. They so left four hundred dollars worth of gas, yeah. but blinkered out. <laughs> well, they go to the woods for refuge and meet some weird guy in the forest. Um, he, I, I. Well, you go ahead. I'll then I'll take my take on it. <laughs> I said he, I just said he invites them to live with him and his wig in this treehouse. Uh, and he says the birds aren't attacking nature, only people's and cars and gas stations. Indeed, another statement on climate change. And yeah, I I think, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's the Lorax because he says he's <laughs> he's here to protect the trees and he speaks for the trees and he's here for nature to stop global warming and all this very bold. I think he's the Lorax in in the Birdemic universe. That's a good take. I think so. I think he was actually more of a a Unabomber and created (laughs) the Birdemic. With his ponytail. 
Yeah, I don't think he had a ponytail. Did oh, he, he had a ponytail. more of a bowl cut situation. Yeah, he he had a, I checked. He had a, well, he had a he was banded up in the back somehow. Okay, well, yeah, um, clear wig. As yeah. pointed out. Yeah. He mentioned that the Beatles are eating the Wedwoods and then a mountain lion is near, so they need to get out of there. You just hear a... <laughs> so then they just run away. James Wynn has no idea what a mountain lion is. <laughs> also, they're the size of, like, my dog. A bigger. A mountain lion? Yeah. They're pretty... I mean, they're not big. What does Teddy weigh, like, 80 pounds? Teddy's, like... Yeah, probably 80, 90 pounds. No, yeah. How much does a mountain lion weigh? Devin, you're on it. And so next, he told them that the birds are attacking cars. But then when the mountain lion comes, he said she sh- they should go to their car. This is son of a bitch. They're like anywhere from like 64 to 140 pounds. So like on the lower end. What's that other number? 120 to 220. I'm sure that's male and female. Yeah. So 64 to 220. So you what's are our... more likely to drown in your bathtub, be killed by a pet dog, or hit by lightning. Than be attacked by a mountain lion? Yeah. So between 60 and 220, we're going to say an average of 140. Yeah. So, so heavier than your dog. Okay. Yeah, but I could probably still win a fight. Well. A featherweight. I'm saying, like, if it came down to it, like, me, the mountain lion, I could come out alive. There's once a story that Wilt Chamberlain Chamberlain was hiking. He was hiking, and a mountain Mountain lion jumped jumped on his back. And he just fucking... And he flung it off with his tail into the woods. (laughs) Wilt Chamberlain was also 7'1". 260, 280. Yeah. And he had all, sex with 20,000 women in his all lifetime. All muscle, yep. Sex with 20,000 women in his lifetime. Ran a 4.4 40-meter dash. Um, could bench press more than Schwarzenegger. Schw- Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was Mr. Universe. Yeah. Could Had a vertical jump of 48 inches at 7'1", with a wingspan of over 8 feet. So, And he's the only player to score 100 points in a single NBA game. This man was a cheat code. Yeah, but how many children did that man have? He said he didn't have any. <laughs> well, I'm sure Genghis Khan that said the same thing. Otto Porter Jr. looks exactly like Genghis him. Khan was the one who had like the mm-hmm. 5% of all of China is yeah. related to him. And then um, Cortez as well has supposedly had sex with like 30,000 people. And this is inside baseball. Basketball. That's it. <laughs> oh, I get you. Yeah. Okay, back to it. Um, crazy man in the woods. They go back to their car. The Lorax said not to. The Lorax says that there's a forest fire while they're running back to their <laughs> car. Um, because of course there is. Um, the CGI on the forest fire, guys. Please, it's debatably worse than the birds. I would <laughs> say so because it's got to be easier to do the fire than the birds. At least make it big and one sheet. It was like six clip arts spread out throughout the screen. <laughs> Just tiny little things. They're like. Forest fire with no smoke, and they are just hacking up lungs. And it was, and it was yep. so bright, the flames, <laughs> compared to, like, the hue of the film. God. My note is forest fire, and it's all CGI, but you can't imagine the CAGI. I promise you. <laughs> so, um, they get out of there coughing, and they drive towards a lighthouse. And apparently, Mai lives in this lighthouse? Natalie's like, we need to go there. Mai lives there. But wait... 
Her car's outside. I was like, of course her car's outside. That's her home. <laughs> they pull over. Mine's dead. No, she's alive. Her Rick is dead next to her. She's in the process of dying. She's, and they're Mine's holding almost hands. dead. The bird's got her. And her last words to Natalie are, <laughs> forgive them. Forgive them. No. Did the birds, like, when they, because she clearly died from the birds, you can see the scars on her neck and cheeks, but they're like, did the birds tell her what their motives <laughs> were? That she's supposed to forgive them, or did she deduce this all on her own? Well, my seemed like a... A woke individual. A woke she was individual. wearing the Imagine Peace shirt as she lay dying. <laughs> that had placement for her porn site. Well, kids are hungry, so they pull over and find fishing rods in the trunk. Oh my and they're God. about to ocean fish with plastic fishing rods. And and the, the worst part of this film is about to come up. <laughs> and it's fucking, it hurts me to this day. The Whoa. seaweed? No, the boiling the fish. Oh, yeah. yeah, Rod Rod caught a fish with this plastic in the waves and turmoil of the ocean software water. engineer. Yeah, the software engineer caught a fish in the turmoil of the ocean, and they just boil it whole. They didn't clean it <laughs> or chop the head off or chop the head off. Or, yes, or skin it or anything. Well, I don't think fish have skin. Scale it, fucking son of a bitch. You de-scale call yourself it. a downtown. De-scale. Uh, they don't descale it or anything, and. Yeah, they just boil it whole with some seaweed. Well, usually if you cook fish, you could just cook it with the the, the scales on, and then they just I know that, but just in a rusty pot boiled on the Is beach. Is that true? Yeah, you can even eat the scales. Mm-hmm. Well, the eagles attack the beach again, and they need to leave their boiled fish to get to the car. <laughs> Rod runs out of bullets, and they are trapped. Oh Literally, my god! He like joins the back seat with the kids and Nathalie. And then all of a sudden, out of the distance, some other birds, some doves come and create a halo around the van. I miss that. You miss the halo? Yeah, I definitely miss the halo. The circle? Well, it scared the eagles away, and now they're safe. And basically, to end the movie, three separate shots of them looking over the ocean at the birds flying away as they are safe. And And then a shot on their face... And Nathalie asks, I wonder why they stopped. <laughs> and just nobody answers her. It's just dead silent. And then they return to the same. The same shot again of just the, the credits roll like the whole time over the shot. As they just look out over the beach, the birds flying away. Devin pointed out the birds never move. They don't get further or closer. Yeah. And they hover an indeterminate amount of way away from the shore. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie just ends. Like that. Woo! Oh, I didn't clap, Freddie and Jason, but I'll 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 do a three minute. Wait, the clapping died down. Oh yeah, <laughs> gotta restart it. <laughs> and yeah, that's um. Oh yeah, sorry again. Yeah, <laughs> that's Birdemic. Shock and terror. <laughs> um, wait. At, at least watch the trailer. Yeah. Cause um I I can't pinpoint it to you, and you need to hear the heavy metal. This is Bardemic. I wish that was in the movie. Remember when my voice just I lost my voice earlier? It was like two days ago, right? Rem- yeah. Remember just hanging out? What? Hanging out with my family. <laughs> hanging out with my family. Having a party. party. Okay. What a movie. 
I love your big notes, Birdemic, with your scribbles. <laughs> um, okay, um, we're through the plot. We're through everything. So let's do our quotes, ratings, and reviews. Um, I don't cats know. facts. <laughs> Not cats facts, but I love the enthusiasm. QRR, let's do it. Where's Becky? She's taking a shit. Okay. Downtown Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure I've got the most quotes. How many do you have, Lucas? I'm, oh, mine are scattered. Probably like six. <clears throat> One, two, three, four, five. What about you, Devin? I've got nine. Um, two. Okay. I've got two. So we're going to rattle some off, and you pop in whenever you feel like it. All right. Um, my first one is from Dr. Jones, and he goes... It's the human species that needs to quit playing cowboy with nature. We must act more like astronauts, yeah. spacemen, taking care of spaceship Earth. <laughs> what uh, the fuck was that line? That one, that, that one made me audibly go, what? That's something you say while you're tripping on mushrooms. <laughs> what? Spaceship ahead, Earth? Okay. Um, here's uh, Rick. Uh, his um, Rod, the main character, his buddy Rick, when they were playing basketball... I don't. They were talking about sex, of course, as buddies do. And he said, "A day without sex is a day wasted, man." <laughs> yep. Um, my next one is from Ramsey. They pull over on the side of the road, and this is where she's taking a shit. And he goes, "Where's Becky?" And Rod goes, "She's taking a shit." <laughs> Natalie's watching her back, though. It's great. Lucas, another one, and then Devin can hop in with one. I have another sex one. Um. I think it's from Rick again. No, it might be from Ramsey. I don't remember. Um, I don't think James Wynn remembers. But it is if you want to if you want to get in her pants, you better have a hot Ferrari. To which Rod mm-hmm. replies, "Natalie is my hot Ferrari." Yep. That, that a, I I had that romantic. He is. It was it was Rick, and he goes, "Well, that Rick. well with that fashion model chick, you might want to impress her with a Ferrari." I don't think she's that materialistic. Where you're gonna have to grow up, man. Chicks love cars. If you want to get in her pants, you gotta have a nice Ferrari. She's yeah. Ferrari. Yeah, that is it. It's hot Rick. Ferrari. A hot Ferrari. Devin, um, one of your two. Well, I have one now. Oh shit! We're gonna so continue. My well, my last one is uh, <laughs> seaweed's the best. It's good for gut health. <laughs> what was your first one? Uh, sex uh, is a day wasted. Sorry, Devin. Well, Devin's out. My next one is um, Rod says he's talking with uh, with Nathalie and he goes, so so many of my friends say my BS degree stands for bullshit because I was shit as an engineer and good at sales. (laughs) He brings up his BS degree so many times in that scene. I was like waiting for some sort of punchline. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that was it's no doctor of pharmacy. Yeah, but I mean. God, I can't even imagine getting one of those. You have to be such a nerd. Honestly. Can you imagine? I identify as a nerd. That is uh, my pronoun. Nerd Brandon. Yeah. I mean, it, like, if I got one, I just I wouldn't be able to live with myself. <laughs> just really peddling the pharmaceuticals that are tearing That's society true. apart. You know? Just, mm-hmm. oh, gosh. I can't even imagine. I'd probably, like, comb my hair over, like, every day or some shit. Like, I don't know. A little bit of pomade? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I might work it like a cold stone and let myself get uh anally fisted, fisted by <laughs> by the owner for seven years or something yeah that sounds about right <laughs> typical pharmacist lucas 
Um, I got hanging out, hanging out, hanging out with my family, <laughs> having ourselves a party. That's a good one. I'm glad you wrote that down. Um, I have another one where I got one more. I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off a couple. One of mine is where Rod at the beginning goes caught the big fish, and Rick goes, "Really? How big was the stale?" And he goes, "One million dollars." That's amazing. My next one is just wow. A cat zoo? Oh, that was my last one. Oh, shit. <laughs> what was the context of that, though? Because they were... She she was saying, here, you have to look at my adorable cat. And they said, oh. And then she said, I love cats. If I could have cats, I'd have ten of them. And then he went, wow, a cat zoo. <laughs> That's, we bought yeah. a zoo. We bought a zoo. Okay, I've got three more. I'll make it fast. Um, One is, after the double date, he goes... Um, Rick goes, Maya and I have to go off to work. And he goes, work? He's like, yeah, you know sensual work (laughs) that was the quote from earlier um then one that we've already kind of talked about the gas station clerk goes from the eagle attacks man we're short on gas (laughs) it's a hundred dollars a gallon jesus what are the eagle are eagles siphoning gas (laughs) i mean they are exploding on impact and making airplane noises this is true they're burning up the gas in their explosions my last one is from the kids and they're feeding them seaweed and boiled fish, and they go, "Yuck! I, I want, want a happy, happy meal." Yeah, <laughs> little McDonald Dad place. The same day that their parents died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also I have I have one more Ooh. little one. It's not it's not really. I just thought it was funny when they found the children, and the girl was underneath the car, and the birds are attacking, and then a strange man from the side of the road pulls up with the automatic rifle in his hand. <laughs> he says, "Come here, get out of here. You're coming with me." Just some kidnapping shit. Yeah, but it ended up being his adopted daughter in the end. And that's our quotes. Devin had one. I'm proud. New record. I don't know. Tied with rubber, I think, because rubber wasn't quotable. This one at least was. Are you going to clap? What are you going to do? Don't touch people. Well, quotes are done, which means it's time for our ratings. Um, what are you guys thinking for this film? We're going to go Rotten Tomatoes percentage for critics. Wait, are we doing it? Are we giving it our ratings too? No, what are you thinking that Tomato Meter percentage gave Mm. it? Uh, uh, 12. 34. 18%. How about an audience percentage? 12. 37. 26. Mm. It's pretty much halfway between you guys each time. Um, Metascore out of 100 critics. 12. That's probably like a 7. Not applicable. Yeah. <laughs> and audience score out of 10. 1.2. <laughs> You're just set on 12. 2.9. 1.8. Oh. <laughs> That's what we got. Now, what are you guys giving this film, rating-wise? If you had to guess what number... 12. Uh, <laughs> 1.2. 13. Oh, Sorry. I no. forgot to round up. Golly. Because it's spooky boys. Downtown to spooky boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you giving it, Lucas? I'm going to give it a six. Oh, shit. Out Percent? Oh, six out of ten. 60.1%. Okay. It's please, passing. It passes. Please describe. This... I mean, we were all sitting here laughing harder at this movie than I think we've laughed at a lot of movies. That is true. 
I mean, it's not it maybe not what it intended to be, but I think this movie it was an experience. It was a trip. It was different than anything we've ever seen. That's very true. And the novelty of it in that, like you couldn't, students can't make a movie this bad. Trying to make a movie this bad. That is true. There's an art in bad movie making. Yes. Um, objectively, this is the worst film we've watched. Yeah. Um, by fa- far none the worst movie we've watched. But I did enjoy it more than other films we've watched. I will say... I'm thinking back to previous movies that I rated low. It has to be above Freddy vs. Jason, which I gave a 1.5 to 2. Wait, this has to be above that? Yes. Holy shit. Because I enjoyed it. Well, no, okay. See, Objectively, this is a 0. Um, 0.6. Objectively, I rate this a 13. Do I recommend you watch it? Yes. Yeah, objectively, yeah, 0.6. My rating for this has to be between Jason vs. Freddy and cat in the hat and cats so i'm gonna give it like a 2.5 okay i'll take it this movie is more enjoyable than like 90 percent of the movies i've ever watched <laughs> as like a as like a film degree just as a holder. comedic relief yeah well you want to hear what people are saying about it yeah, yeah let's do it by woody yand wood yanders on july 2nd 2015 sounds like a sane person <laughs> Sublimely stinky schlocker. <laughs> Lingerie model Nathalie. Toothsome blonde Whitney Moore, who looks hot <laughs> but can't act her way out of a soggy cardboard box. And successful software salesman Rod, the hopelessly wooden Allen Bag, go to a sleepy Northern California town for a weekend getaway. Things go awry. Wait, that's what they do? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Things go awry when the birds in the area suddenly flip out and start attacking humans. Writer-director James Wynn displays a gloriously ghastly ineptitude as a filmmaker. Wonky sound, ragged editing, and a plodding pace, hilariously horrendous CGI birds that aren't remotely convincing for a second. Zero attention or creepy atmosphere, a laboriously drawn-out opening third, tacky mild gore, and a meandering ramshackle narrative. Exceptionally atrocious acting from a lame no-cast, maladroitly staged bird attack, set pieces. Motorists can actually be seen driving up and down the road in sequences that transpire on open roads. Idiotic characters who do the dumbest things so they can place themselves in constant danger, tin-eared dialogue, and even a heavy-handed, big-important, pretentious message about the perils of global warming. Daniel Mai's flat cinematography and Andrew Seeger's cornball score add further abject insult to already appalling injury and absolute cruddy hoot and a half. Three out of ten. All right, so... I have pretty strong feelings about this review because everyone knows this film is a piece of shit. Like, mm-hmm. that was just a bunch of words saying what any three-year-old could have said. With a thesaurus. Poop. This was poop. Mm-hmm. See? So, like, no one's gonna... No one in this entire world is gonna say this was objectively a, a g- good movie. You cannot. Yeah, this was worse than any Bollywood movie. Enjoyable, but objective. Yeah, so like terrible. The only the only enjoyment you will ever get out of this is ironically. Yes, exactly. And like this guy took this movie way too seriously. This guy Lucas? bought the movie and he's he's this mad guy? about. Yeah, yeah, he definitely 
he's up his own ass with that one. <laughs> well, next we've got Ted Stixon, aka Maximum Madness, on March nineteenth, twenty seventeen. What do you get when you combine the poor writing of Mad Mastermind Tommy Wiseau's The Room, the production value of Nick Millard's completely mindless Crazy Fat Ethel 2, the inept direction of a Coleman Francis piece, a dash of on-the-nose environmental preaching, and a budget that wouldn't pay for a high school lunch? You get James Wynn's magnificent and brutally arresting, unintentional comedy classic, Birdemic shock and terror. That's not only a prime example of that old standby descriptor, so bad it's good, it's one of the best examples you could possibly imagine. <clears throat> Every single facet of the film is so horrifyingly incorrect that you can't help but howl from laughter from the first frame to the last. It's right up there with Troll 2 and the aforementioned The Room as one of the finest best worst movies ever made. Fans of trashy, Z-grade movies, camp releases, and bad flicks won't be able to help, but completely and utterly adore Birdemic. 10 out of 10. See, that's that's a good review. <clears throat> they got the film. Also, are they talking about the, the room is different than room, right? Correct. Okay. A, an important distinction. Yes. Okay. Yes. The room is a trash act film that is on our list of films to do later. Okay. Good Although to know. I'd rather watch The Room than Room. I need to brace myself for at least two weeks if somebody says I want to watch Room because I need to prepare myself to cry. <laughs> Do you have to prepare yourself for two weeks every time you cry? No. <laughs> I just know that it's coming and I know I'm going to sob like a baby and tremble. So You need two weeks notice to quit your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Next, by Paul Hawkinson. May 16th, 2014. Why would birds do something like that? <laughs> I will start out by saying that I should have taken heed and paid attention to the big flashing warning signs here on IMDb for this movie. The low rating and the shoddy reviews should be raised, should have raised my alarms. But still, I like to watch all kinds of movies and even give questionable movies a chance. But Birdemic, Shock and Terror was just beyond bad. The storyline is slow, dumb, and mind-bogglingly unappealing. For starters... You have to get very far into the movie before anything starts to happen. And even when it does start, it is just horrible to bear witness to. One out of ten. Yeah. I do agree with that one. See, that one... That it's one, better like, than I, the first. I agree with, because he, he didn't put so much energy into it. Mm-hmm. He didn't take taking heed, heated of. He, he heated he heated of, too. He, he took hood. He, he heated, too. Yeah. Okay, next, by Garnet8. October 22nd, 2014. Terrible or brilliant, you decide. How can you say that you have watched the best film of all time until you've watched the worst film of all time? It's a simple matter of contrast, and this is why every moviegoer has to take the time to watch this movie. The big question is, was it bad by accident, and this was the director and the actors really trying their best to make a great film, or bad on purpose? If it's the former... Then it makes it more funny as we watch them walk through and watch them fail in such an epic way. If it's bad on purpose, then wow. Maybe this is the greatness of this director because you really get the sense that this is not a mockery, but that they are earnest in their presentation of this story. There are some events where this movie works great, like an all-night youth party or just projected silently on the wall at a dance party or something. Have fun 
and enjoy this movie. <laughs> Five out of ten. Projected. That's what I want. Projected silently on the wall at a dance party. Well, did people do that? It. What that was mm-hmm. the maybe the most niche scenario I've ever heard. <laughs> I. I love this review because we brought this up. Is this intentionally bad? Is this Wynn's direction? Or did he try and make a good movie? And these are all just terrible people. And that's for you to decide if it's an amazing artistic direction or if it is just trash shit. Uh, are you asking for our opinion? I don't know. I think it's probably shit. I also but think I enjoy it's probably it. shit. I think it's intentional. Mm. But there's no way. I think... He was screaming at joggers to get out of his way. <laughs> I think he's a mad genius. <laughs> and I think it's harder to get every single question on a multiple choice test wrong than it is to get Ooh. Than it is to get like twenty five percent of them right. You know what I mean? He he is he, Quentin Tarantino without the resources. He got every single thing wrong. He mm-hmm. got the music wrong, he got the audio wrong, he got the camera angles wrong, he got the act every single thing was wrong. You so there's a knowledge in there even if it's like internally Obscure, of yeah. what is right and he's just going against it that's my opinion that's a good take that is a really good take i really Something like to think about i really like that take i still think it's shit but <laughs> i really like that take next by g manfred september nope july 15th 2011 turdemic birdemic is uh, an- honestly probably a movie that win would make <laughs> <laughs> birdemic is an unbelievably bad movie with no redeeming social value Although producers evidently sought to capitalize on the scare tactics of an inconvenient truth, they did not. They just made a juvenile sloppy movie that fails on all levels. It is inconceivable that this picture could have found backers to bring such a pail of swill to the screen. One out of ten. Same vibes as the first review. I like that other one out of ten a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more! He's like, I should have known this was shit. Turns out it was shit. One out of ten. Yeah. Exactly. And my last one is by Mr. Fusion mm. on April 13th of 2016. Words can't do Birdemic justice. This cinematic abortion <laughs> is something that you need to see to believe. On the one hand, I can appreciate that some guy was so keyed up on global warming that he went out and made a movie to spread that message in spite of the absurdly heavy-handed delivery of said message. And he clearly financed this whole thing himself, so good on him. But the results are, oh man. <laughs> Few, if any, bad movies are this technically incompetent. Have you ever seen a Dutch angle POV driving shot? And it's got to be the worst recorded <laughs> film in history. The sound ranges from muted to blaring, an assault on the ears when cutting between shots in a conversation. And the big terror threat in the movie are a series of bird attacks that can be best described as gif animations i'm serious things happen in this movie that don't make any sense and the acting is hilarious but i have to tell you i got a kick out of rod dude's got one facial expression bewildered throughout the whole movie doesn't matter if he's being laid or terrorized (laughs) bewildered and and experience would tell you that most of these actors know what sort of garbage they're shoveling but it just seems to bounce off bag that guy's awesome as far as film craft goes, this movie is atrocious, and I can't understand the low IMDb rating. But for me, this is just too damned entertaining. 8 out of 10. Again, a good take. Good take. Bravo. Um, I realized that I forgot to say two things that I'd found in my cat's facts that I didn't bring up, and that we had mentioned in here. That van that mm-hmm. we said looked like a piece of shit yeah. that they drove, 
A win bought for $300 from a junkyard and just used. Two, Whitney Moore hated this movie so much that when they asked her to be in the sequel, she agreed because she was desperate. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, which one was Whitney Moore? Nathalie. Oh, wow. Did you know she was also in Frost Nixon? What? The Oscar-nominated film Frost Nixon? I swear to God, I looked at her IMDb page. Okay, and that's that's our film. Are you recommending this film? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Just for the novelty. Just for the novel. Just like get a beer and watch this watch this movie. You'll have a good time. De- Lucas. Oh yeah, you you know I am. Yeah, this is. I think this is almost required watching. I'm I'm a hundred percent recommend it. You gotta watch it. Rent it three ninety nine on IMDb or not on IMDb on Amazon Prime. I regret not buying it. Just for the novel, it's hilarious. It's so bad that you need to see what you're going against. And with that, we've only got one more spooktacular movie. Oh, man, the downtown spook boys are about to go bye-bye. BB. Yeah, and so we'll see you next week with one last spooktacular movie. Thank you, Lucas, for joining us as our first second-time guest. Thanks for having me. Kind of impromptu, but... It's always a blast. I'm always down. Always our first listener, too. Usually, yes. (laughs) At 6 in the morning the next day. (laughs) And uh, with that, we'll kick it off and see you guys next week. Bye! Bye! Thank you for listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Movies. If you like the show, please like and follow us on Anchor and any other podcast sites we are located on. We would love to hear your feedback. So please leave us comments and reviews on our Instagram and Facebook pages at The Good, The Bad, The Movies. We will be back next week to deep dive into more movies. And remember, if it's it's good good and it's bad, it's it's probably probably the movies. movies.